Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? Well, the good news is that we do not have to talk about Matt Gates this week because there have not been any big developments in the investigation. But the bad news is that Matt <laughs> Gates is still in Congress and on the House Judiciary Committee. But I guess, you know, we take our wins where we can find them. Oh, I them. mean, uh, it's bad news that he's there and nobody's talking about him anymore, which means he's probably going to stay there. Oh, my gosh. God forbid. <laughs> God, <I> know. <laughs> There's your nope on a platter. We have many more. This is nope. The podcast where we shut it down. We're just a couple of New York Jews talking about the news, beating back the blues. Podcast and news why had to laugh so we don't cry. Come and join us for the ride. Welcome to No. Okay, Rachel, what an interesting few days we've had. Yes, very interesting. There's been other good or I guess good-ish news. Um, Derek Chauvin, the police officer who murdered George Floyd, was found guilty on all three counts, as everybody knows. But in the wake of this historic verdict, we saw all of these politicians weighing in and giving like the dumbest possible statements <laughs> imaginable. And I just kept thinking, like, this should be so This is the easy. easiest statement. This is a layup, right? I mean, just yes. come out and say something affirming and justice has been served. But we have a lot of work to do still. And But let this be the first step of the reckoning and the change. Yes. Right? That's it. Common just, sense. Yes. Thanks, thanks to the jury. Thank you to the lawyers. Condolences to the family. Like... It is, but no, we what cannot have nice what things. Do they say? So, so Nancy Pelosi, um, she made a statement thanking George Floyd, quote, for sacrificing his life for justice. No, and no, no he, he did didn't not have, have any a choice. Say in it. <laughs> no, and I was just like, seriously, a friend of mine who works in PR was like, who wrote that statement? And up until that moment, it hadn't occurred to me that someone other than Nancy Pelosi <laughs> actually had a hand in that. And if that is the case, that person needs to go into another field because <laughs> how for life. <laughs> banned for, for life. So, um, yeah, that person needs to be fired immediately. And then there's Mitt Romney, um, who said, uh, following this uh, verdict, I'm pleased that the temperature will come down. Like, <laughs> that's the main value. That's the takeaway. The entire <laughs> Black Lives Matters move. Didn't he wait? Didn't Which he, he marched in. It? Yeah. He marched yes. In it. It's just like the most Mitt Romney milk toast possible thing you right. could this say. Right, this privileged white guy. The main thing he's concerned about is the temperature. Like he's our finest living meteorologist. Like, thank you. And Mitt by Romney. the way, like if the temperature came down, that would be the worst outcome. And the temperature is not coming down because this continues to happen. And until there's significant police reform in this country, it's going to keep happening. So no, no, nope <laughs> to that too, Mitt Romney and all these other people. I like, whatever. It's Nobody, just like, no. just use your brains. Think <laughs> before you talk. And I mean, and don't, and don't, don't use your words. Don't know. Call us. We have better PR or there's plenty of <laughs> okay. other. Anyone would be better PR. Okay. Yeah. No. So okay. Uh, Rachel, how was uh, life out there in the East End? So I don't even know where to begin with the turns that this day and evening have taken. I, I just, just came evening, back. Like yeah, just we, this evening. Before, yeah. I was going to call you, but I was like, no, maybe I'll get back in time. I just came back from the animal emergency room. Oh, no. 
Coco. Yes. I was so, like, oh no, AJ or Coco? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So AJ likes gum and he took a pack oh. of gum out of my room, Trident, left it on a table. I said to him, don't take the pack of gum because if Coco gets it, it's, you know, toxic to dogs. But I come downstairs and I see that the pack of gum is empty of all 14 pieces of Trident and the exterior is chewed up and it's like sitting on the rug. Oh my God. So it contains xylitol, which can be very toxic to dogs. So we just pile in the car. All of us, Josh is driving. I'm in the passenger seat. AJ and Coco in the back. It's raining and there's no gas. There was hail here. Was there? Did you have a hailstorm? We had a hailstorm here. We had a hailstorm. Well, it was like thunder, lightning. It was really bad. So, wait, who has no gas in the car? What did you do? Like, Josh, this is Josh. This is Josh. He like was driving around going to like various appointments this week and he failed to notice that we had no gas in the car. So, we're just like, running on fumes <laughs> and we finally make it to the gas station barely then we head to the animal hospital while i'm on the phone with animal poison control which by the way charges 75 dollars just to call them and get advice wait so it's not a government entity it's just like a no pri- it's like a private racket it's a grift yes it's a grift <laughs> but they did have good advice so we but like i'm like <laughs> okay every, i'm on the phone <laughs> every penny of the grift so I'm on the phone with poison control because the emergency room won't see you unless you talk to poison control and I'm sitting there on hold. Wait, while they, they require it. So it's, uh, yes. it's like a monopoly. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, it's, a, okay. I mean, I'm glad I know this now because now I have all the numbers in my phone, but like, so Oh, the hospital, they won't let us in until poison control has weighed in on the situation. We're out in the rain. I'm on hold. And finally, they have they render their, you know, opinion um, (laughs) because of the jury is in (laughs) (laughs) because of Coco's large size and this particular flavor cinnamon uh, gum. (laughs) It doesn't have as much xylitol as some of the other varieties. And so they say she's going to be okay and doesn't need to take an emetic or anything. We just have to monitor her and give her a small amount of food every two hours for the next 12 hours. <laughs> so you're getting no sleep tonight. So I'm getting it's no like sleep tonight. So, again. so thanks, AJ, for that. That's what I needed to spice up my life this evening. So congratulations. Cinnamon Thank is you. spicy. So how about you? <laughs> equally traumatic events happened to me. So um, Sunday morning, Doug and I were reading the New York Post, although with great uh, moral reservations about putting money in their pocket. It's indispensable reading. We read page six. And there's a story about the hot new pizza place in the West Village called Zazzy's, um, Z-A-Z-Z-Y. And um, they said big celebrities have been cited there, Sarah Jessica Parker and Andy Cohen. Um, and I know they're good friends and, and they both, both live right there in the neighborhood. It's like on seven, it's where two boots used to be, two boots pizza right. or seventh Avenue. And, um, so Doug and I went, it was a beautiful day. We went out for a walk and, uh, my smoothie diet was over. Uh, and we said like, maybe we'll go get pizza at Zazzy's. Maybe they have gluten-free pizza because a lot of places mm-hmm. do now. So we approached Zazzy's and we're like walking up past the window and like it's reflective in the window. And I look in and I'm like, oh my God, is that Andy Cohen sitting there? And normally <laughs> and <it> see, <laughs> normally seeing Andy Cohen in the West Village is not that big a deal, but seeing him in the place, like how stupid is he to like go to the place that page six 
two hours ago. Maybe published. he loves it. Right. So Maybe anyway, he comes with the place. Maybe <laughs> he conveys with the property. <laughs> so I said to Doug, look, it's Andy Cohen in the window. Cause we've been talking about how Andy Cohen goes there. And, um, and it's one of those things, you know how annoying it is when you point at something and the other portion doesn't see it and it's right in front of them. I'm like, look, yeah. it's Andy Cohen. And he's like, well, where, where? And the the window is a little reflective. I'm like, there. And I point and I'm like pointing, there's Andy Cohen. And, of and course, he turns Andy around. Cohen turns around and looks at me. And, and he's just like horrified. <laughs> Yes, and I'm horrified. Oh, my God. I'm horrified, too. And this is a man, honestly, I really look up to. He's like a a pioneering gay executive who made my favorite TV franchise of all time. There's a postscript, however. Then I get via Doug's corporate Morgan Stanley membership in the Paley Center, which is like for media. I get an exclusive invitation for an evening with Andy Cohen and the Housewives. Oh, yeah. You uh, sent it to me. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, they're starting to open up the Paley Center. Maybe I can go. And I'm like, but, but I'm sure the tickets are expensive or whatever, but it's limit one. And I go in and it's free. It's just to like the corporate people. And mm-hmm. I uh, and I go and get a ticket. And then, stupid me, I realize it's going to be on Zoom. And right. he's going to see me in the audience and think that I'm a stalker. Like, yeah, he's going to be like, that's definitely. the guy who, like, stalked me at Zazzy's. And he's you gonna should get put a, a cat board. mask on. <laughs> I have to get a, put a Ramona mask on with the Ramona eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need a restraining order to keep me away from Andy Cohen. Anyway, that, that was an unexpected thing. I do have one other thing that happened to me. This is a follow-up to your Kindle story from last week about how okay. you started getting these very poorly targeted ads. And I was bragging that I had paid the $20 to not get ads, which is true. However, what you still get in the in the guise of a public service is when you finish a book, it says you might like reading these next. Right. Which is sort of an ad of sorts. So I had been reading one of these books. um, There's a bestseller out now about like uh, human nutritional evolution, about how our bodies aren't evolved to eat all the sugar and fat that we're eating now and energy imbalance and things like that. So correctly, it predicted that another good book for me to read would be Animal Vegetable Junk by Mark Bittman. He writes about Mm -hmm. these things. Another book called The Dorito Effect. Uh, which is about like how food companies find the bliss point. But then it gets weird. There's a book that I have no idea what it's about. I took a picture and I tried to enlarge it and I still don't know what it's about. It's called, You're Not On My List! Exclamation point. And a guy going like, oh, like cursing the heavens. <laughs> like... Like, what list? Who's not on who's list? list? You got my attention. Is he the one who's not on the list, or is he the one who is the not keeper the of the list? Is he trying to get into a nightclub? Is he trying to get into heaven? Like, what? <laughs> what is he trying to do? Okay, there's two more. The next one to gets weird. It is very poorly targeted, which is the Fauc- the Faucian bargain which I'm guessing is a screed against Anthony Fauci. And then, but at least there's a picture there. And there's one that's like a plain text cover that looks like it was produced at Kinko's. Mm -hmm. And it's called Unreported Truths About COVID-19 and Lockdown, Part 4, Vaccines. And I'm like, like, is this even a book? And why are they showing this to me? And I'm like, what lunatic would write a book like this? And I scroll it up. The book is by Alex Berenson. Oh, my God. More on that later. (laughs) More on that later. (laughs) 
Is there? Are you going to reveal your relationship to Alex yes. Bernstein? Or, okay, yes. I'll, I'll, okay. I will anyway. stand in my truth. I'm prepared to talk about it, but okay. yes, anyway, more. Another, <laughs> another tale from the annals of poor Kindle targeting. Okay, oh, Rachel, God. let's uh, let's Horrible. get into let's get into the nopes here. We spent long yeah. enough on our sad lives. Um, yeah. So I want to talk about this um, America First Caucus that was announced and then abruptly unannounced following a very rare public outcry, even among Republicans. So it's interesting for two reasons. The first is that it confirms to me and to everyone that the QAnon wing of the Republican Party, including Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar who, of Arizona, who are the two like co-authors of this whole thing, and also, you know, Laura Louis Bonar, whatever Gomert and Matt Gates and those people, they've embraced um, an openly racist ideology, whereas the rest of the Republican Party prefers to be more quietly racist. And the second thing that's interesting is that it failed, which is an encouraging development. Well, how did, how did All it fail? Did just like nobody cared about it or nobody signed up for it? it, it so well, they, caucus, I'm, right? I'm going to get yeah. into that. I'm going to get, yeah. So um, it's, it's, encouraging but not that encouraging <laughs> as because they're all still in congress like matt gates so what happened was this um there's this website called punchbowl news that was created by some ex-politico people and they leaked a seven-page document containing the policy platform for this brand new caucus and the main thing that it said was that their mission is to quote protect anglo-saxon traditions oh and my God. like which anglo-saxon traditions <laughs> Need for let's just call let's just call it the Nazi ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> like just why why at this right. point? Like But like okay, like polytheism, think, maybe. Right. No, I mean like Charles Lindbergh will be their nominee, obviously. Yes, exactly. So of course the, the tradition that they want to uphold is racism and lies. Um so for example, the document said, quote, societal trust and political unity are threatened when foreign citizens are imported en masse into a country, particularly without institutional support for assimilation and an expansive welfare state to bail them out should they fail to contribute positively to the country. Oh, wait, they're, yes. they're getting imported like semiconductors. Like uh, Yes, they're getting <laughs> like, imported and the state is paying for them to stay here. It's a total lie. But then the bigger lie is the, uh, or equally big lie, is the lie that the election of 2020 was stolen and that we need to investigate voter fraud and fully eliminate mail-in voting altogether right um right and so and the group the, said the, the fraud the result of the imported people the imported people <laughs> yes the fake right, votes the fake from imports. people who are not citizens <laughs> the counterfeit, yes the counterfeit imports yeah i mean it's just classic racist scapegoating um in the group they obviously want to advance uh donald trump's legacy uh, which means they said stepping on some toes and sacrificing sacred cows for the good of the American nation, like sacrificing democracy, yes. for example. Oh, sacred you know? cows. Is that like a dog whistle to Hinduism? My God. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, but I think the b most bizarre part of this document that everybody was talking about was that the that it weighed in on aesthetics, 
they made judgments. (laughs) So they said that they will back infrastructure projects so long as they are worthy of, quote, the progeny of European architecture, whereby public infrastructure must be utilitarian as well as stunningly, classically beautiful, (laughs) befitting a world power and source of freedom. So I just don't know if Marjorie Taylor Greene knows what what any of that means. like, could she distinguish Buckingham Palace from like a medieval times restaurant? I don't think so. And so, right. But that was a big thing, Nazism, too, right? They wanted to have the like classical architecture to reflect the great, you know, societies of. of yeah, and they of threw York. out the degenerate art, you yes, know. Yes, exactly. That's yes. what they want to do. Like, this is it's, not veiled in any way. This no, is just... it's out in the open. This is not a dog but whistle. Thing, but is... it's, but it, they're, they're too stupid to know what they're saying. They probably think they came up with this themselves. Or do you think there's one person who knows these tropes and is like recycling them in? I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, don't know, don't I just care. I just take the document for face value. And all I know is so Marjorie Taylor Greene's spokesman, Nick Dyer, confirmed that the platform is being written. But then he complained that there were dirty, backstabbing swamp creatures who leaked the document. <laughs> Um, And he said, be on the lookout for the release of the America First Caucus platform when it's announced to the public very soon. So then the following day, Kevin McCarthy came out and said that he rejects these nativist dog whistles without naming any names. And Marjorie Taylor Greene tries to distance herself from the document um, describing the caucus that her spokesman had confirmed was real and that other congressmen like Matt Gates said that they were joining, which is odd because if it's not real and it's not out, right. <laughs> how could she Just distance herself swamp, from it? The Just... swamp, it's the swamp creatures who did it. Yeah, and so um, so Green then goes on a Twitter rant. She describes the document as a staff-level draft proposal from an outside group and said she'd never even seen it. And then she blasts the media for taking it out of context, but did not specify which policies she was objecting to. And then Nick Dyer, her spokesman, does a 180 and says, nothing that was released today was approved by Congresswoman Green whatsoever. And... Her office maintained that it was simply a proposal, even though the document itself was called America First Caucus Policy Platform Dash Final. In all, final. <laughs> how much more final could it be? It's right there in black and white. It's right there. So it's seven pages. It had a letterhead. It had, you know, policy positions as odious as they are. They were policy positions. So what will become of the America First Caucus? Will they? Oh, or is that a they? hypothetical question? I don't do you know. know I don't know. I don't know. It almost doesn't matter because they're just saying out loud what Republicans have been thinking for decades. And I see it as the last gasp of a dying political party. I mean, they're not dead yet, but I, I do think in the future we will look back at this moment and see this as as, a dying, as, as another dry heave, right? Another, another dry we heave. We should just rename this podcast the dry heaves. <laughs> the dry because, heaves. Because that's really what I we're... don't know. It, it will turn off our already <laughs> small niche audience. 
<laughs> not that small. Okay. Not that no, small, shut but it down. yeah. <laughs> okay. So what else? <laughs> okay. Shut it down. I have a not totally unrelated item, I guess, um, staying on the culture wars. They're exhausting, right? I mean, I'm so tired so of this, the Dr. Seuss and the Mr. Potato Head. But a new front has opened on the culture wars that must be discussed, and it is a very different sort of war on the unlikeliest of battlefields, and that is frozen yogurt. Yes. Uh, now, frozen yogurt is not gendered. It is not racist. Like, what could possibly be objectionable about frozen yogurt? Well, the crusader in this culture war is Demi Lovato, one of our finest living the singer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Juice. yeah. Yes. And, and she has famously struggled with uh, mental health and eating disorders, which uh, I think the eating disorders is worthy of sympathy and, and our sensitivity, but it's not a license to be an insaniac. Um, so the Froyo shop in question is called the Big Chill with two G's in big. I don't get what, okay. why. I guess there's two L's in chill. There must be two G's in big. And Demi, Demi, Demi says that it promotes, quote, diet foods like sugar-free cookies that praises disordered eating. So, and then she goes on, she's finding it extremely hard to order Froyo from at the Big Chill official when you have to walk past tons of sugar-free cookies and other diet foods before you get to the counter. Do better, please. Hashtag diet culture vultures. Wait. So she tags them, and where was this on Instagram? On she tagged uh, yeah, them? Insta on Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, on Instagram. So yeah. she tags this small yes, mom and pop <laughs> yogurt shop, who is just—I mean, like, by definition, it's a froyo shop. They have fat-free yogurt. They have other healthy treats or whatever it is, and she doesn't like that because she thinks it implies that you need to be eating these things to be thin and healthy, which is sort of body shaming. But that's all frozen yogurt places have diet foods. That's yes. Just the, so that she's is, just being a bully. She's just being is, a bully. Well, Big Chill came back and she said, and they said uh, uh, they carry sugar free, gluten free, and vegan for those with dietary restrictions and health needs. We carry many indulgent items as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they could agree to disagree about that, but then it gets weird. So <laughs> Demi has another post and it just starts with not just that. Your service was terrible. So rude. <laughs> the How whole many followers? She has like 50 million followers on Instagram. Your service was terrible. Up. So rude. The whole experience was triggering and awful. You can carry things for other people while also caring triggering. for another percentage for your customers who struggle, all caps, daily just to even step foot in your store. So... I have a lot of problems here. So she's she's coming to the aid of customers who struggle daily to even step foot in your store. This is not the DMV. No one is forced to go to the big chill to register their car, right? No, like, this like, is a choice. This is a choice. You can go in. The, you could not go in. She's standing up for the downtrodden, all the masses who are triggered by walking into the big chill. However, my bigger issue with all of this is. Stay in your lane, Demi. Like, she undercuts her own argument. Is this about the froyo and the diet culture uh, or about the service? About she the, service. Like the service. Right. What's next? And if like, it's the bathroom. The service. Like, the bathroom wh why doesn't clean? she specify what it is? And I also feel like this is really punching down, and celebrities should not terrorize small businesses because the effects could be cataclysmic. And this is not like, remember, there was a story when Oprah 
went to Hermes in uh, Paris and they didn't recognize her and she was treated horribly and she like it was came like a out pretty like a pretty woman moment. It was a pretty woman moment and like that was horrible. This is a big international luxury goods company treating Oprah <laughs> like shit. That's yeah. legit. Demi Lovato going into <laughs> the big chill yogurt shop and behaving in this fashion. It's she should just register her complaints on a one-on-one basis or have yes. one of her assistants call them, not post it on Instagram. Or, or report people... it to the Better Business Bureau where we'll laughed out of court. Or Yelp. Go on Yelp. on Yelp. Right. This rises to the level of a Yelp review, not... I just feel like it's a little bit too extreme. She needs to like, she has a lot of power in that Instagram account. She needs to wield it more wisely. Okay. So nope, shut this down. Uh, If you live in the Los Angeles area, please go to the big chill and I will go there next time. Indulgent delights or Or the vegan. I will try the vegan delights. I'm always in the search of gluten-free delights. Okay. So (laughs) nope, shut it down. Um, Speaking of Los Angeles, I'm going to travel around the world now to Krakow, Poland, where we haven't been lately. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice transition. Thank you. Uh, so this is a story about a woman who is unnamed in this remarkable news item. I think I shared this with you. Yes. Where did you find it? It's from like... I don't know. I think Poland. it was like trending on Twitter. <laughs> like daily news it was trending somewhere okay okay so this woman calls the police and reports that there's a strange animal in her neighborhood and the call is taken by a guy who's identified only as inspector adam and later in when being interviewed he describes this woman with desperation in her voice she says there is a creature sitting in a tree across the road for two days (laughs) Everyone is scared of him, she begs. It's in a tree? (laughs) It's in a tree, right? It's a creature. It's a creature in a tree. And she says, people aren't opening their windows because they're afraid it will go into their house. So the guy's first hypothesis is that it's a bird of prey, some sort of hawk or falcon who's just sitting very still for two days. I don't know. (laughs) I guess they could do that. And no, like she was sure it wasn't a hawk. So his next suggestion, of course, <laughs> is that maybe it was an <laughs> maybe it was an iguana <laughs> in Krakow, because, because of course, are they the endemic to that love, region? Love the northern climes of, of the Baltic <laughs> region. <laughs> The famous Baltic I mean, iguana. I don't, I'm not like a I'm not like a biologist, but I just feel like that's not the habitat for them. No, no, more like the tropics. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, okay. But he he backs up his logic. He says years years of inspection have told me that people are willing to do anything to get rid of an any animal that causes trouble. Maybe someone threw out an iguana. So. And it's just just, hiding. It says maybe it was a cold night out and it just was on the branch and froze and it's still (laughs) sitting there. So he's doubling down on the iguana hypothesis. So she's across the street looking out the window. The whole neighborhood is terrified to go outside or (laughs) open their window. They're like opening their shades (laughs) and Like these old babushkas. (laughs) They keep the lights on quickly. Still there. 
<laughs> okay, so finally, Inspector Adam takes the call. He goes over to see what uh, what is actually happening. Um, and he said uh, he did a short search and he found a brown creature sitting on a lilac branch. It had a brown coat shining in the sun, except the poor guy had no legs or head. So there's a lot like what kind of creature has no legs or head and it's is this like what his report was he's yes, like this I, is, found- yeah, I found a brown creature <laughs> with no legs or head. comforting and it makes you wonder how is it adhering to the tree like does it yeah, have like- suction suction cups or something um right the but i mean if so it doesn't what- have legs or a head to balance so anyway he gets closer and really, you know what I'm going to say, but I'm still going to crack up. <laughs> he got closer and he realized that it's a croissant. I have so many questions. I only saw the headline of the story. <laughs> Mystery animal sighting in Krakow ends up being croissant. But so I know the punchline, but I do not know any of the particulars. Like, yes, how was it up there? Why was it up there? And how did it stay for two days? It must be a big croissant it if it's suspended, <laughs> suspended on a branch. And terrorizing the neighborhood. And how could they not... I- identified was no one in this neighborhood brave enough to approach the croissant to determine its origins had they never had they never never seen seen a croissant croissant. they're used to iguanas the great (laughs) polish iguanas but they'd never seen a croissant before hard times hard times in krakow um so inspector adams said that the whole crew there was almost swept off their feet by a laughing attack but then he concluded his tale with, with a very serious public service announcement he said it's always better to check and be pleasantly disappointed sometimes unfortunately very rarely it's better to laugh than not to react which can sometimes lead to a tragedy what tragedy could possibly be like if they hadn't checked it out there might have been an iguana there it might have been a falcon well who knows someone would come to eat the croissant like a alligator or something and also how does a croissant get mistaken for a hawk how does a croissant wind up in a tree i don't know back in fort washington we once had a pizza on our roof um really yeah it was just the rowdy teenagers next door probably but like it was a perfectly good pizza i mean they must have really hated us to throw it on the roof to give up a good pizza seriously yeah okay so nope to nope to the whole neighborhood in krakow poland it's not the croissant's fault like yeah what are you scared of there's so much to be afraid of like (laughs) a croissant you're living in like a borderline fascist dictatorship there with like russian tanks on your borders and like you're scared of a fucking croissant well you get what you deserve i hope yes I yes hope. I, inspector I adam hope and that you've learned your lesson <laughs> from this experience and uh maybe you know you should just embrace the baked goods if they show up on a <laughs> I tree hope they like, ate it. i hope they yeah. ate it <laughs> okay. okay nope shut it down rachel you have one more nope Yes. um, I want to talk about a new epidemic. Um, It's called scrometing, which is scream vomiting. (laughs) And I learned about this from a friend of the pod, Lindsay Goldwert, who sent me a tweet of a video of Tucker Carlson explaining what it is. And I guess I'll let him describe it. I have a clip. What they're calling scrometing, an uncontrollable wave of screaming and vomiting. So, yes, 
It is an uncontrollable wave of screaming and vomiting. I do not know what the biological mechanism <laughs> this of this. <laughs> I mean, I mean, by definition, vomiting is uncontrollable, and I, I, screaming is at least somewhat voluntarily, except if you're yes. like, unless if you're like startled, <laughs> I guess. But can you scream and vomit at the same time? Right, I don't think your, your throat can do that. <laughs> like, is it in between the episodes of vomiting, or does it's like screaming scream vomit? Screen vomit and they alternate so quickly that you can't tell the difference like animation yeah i don't know but it was it's all very confusing so i dug a little bit deeper and i found that this ties back to an appearance on tucker carlson's show by an insaniac named alex berenson who you mentioned before and who i've avoided discussing for personal reasons but scrometing is just a bridge too far and it must be addressed so um for full disclosure, this is extremely embarrassing, but I'm going to just say it. Um, I briefly, emphasis on briefly, dated Alex Berenson in the early aughts. It was very, very long ago. I had just moved back to New York from London, and we were set up by my friend from high school, Belinda Kay, who was a family friend of his. And I, and my, and I was her former piano teacher. Yes, exactly. So you know her too, and she's lovely. And you know, back then he seemed like a, a very normal person. There were a lot of, a lot of like soccer shirts, like European soccer shirts. Yes. Do I remember that yes. correctly? Yeah. Yes, correct. Um, you know, but he's he was fairly normal. He was a reporter for the New York Times. He covered big pharma. He wasn't a very nice person. He was quite obnoxious and rude but but he exactly was, the know. kind of guy you were drawn to in your, <laughs> yes. in, your in my 20s uh he was attractive he he seemed smart so we dated we quickly broke up a few months later and never spoke again and then I met Josh and whatever but fast forward to now and he has morphed into this crazy COVID truther and a literal ghoul who's <laughs> believed he's a literal he's the ghoul. undead yes <laughs> whose belief system Systems are so out of step with scientific realities that an editor I've worked with refers to him as the LeBron James of being wrong. He is wrong <laughs> about everything. <laughs> Ever, anything imaginable, he is wrong about. So one of the many things he's wrong about is the danger of marijuana. Um, he wrote a book about it called Tell Your Children the Truth About Marijuana, Mental Illness, and Violence. And I did not read this book, but the reviews were pretty brutal and it didn't sell well. But he's found a captive audience on Fox News where he goes on to like scare people about marijuana and scromiting. And it's his way. Wait, what, wait, I still don't know how scromiting fits into all of this. <laughs> so so scromiting is a, a way to brand this thing called cannabinoid hyperemesis. Um, and some of these clips, I think they were circulating this week, even though they might be a little bit old because it, it was, you know, 420, which is yep. the national marijuana holiday. Um, but back to scrometing. So I went to on Cedars Sinai's website and I did a little research and they said that this cannabinoid hyperemesis is very rare and it only occurs in daily long-term users of marijuana. It involves nausea and repetitive repetitive vomiting. And there's no reference at all to screaming. screaming. So, <laughs> so he just said, what else can I vomiting isn't bad enough. What else can I add in to make it seem more dramatic, more picturesque? I know. Screaming. <laughs> it's like you need screaming. Why not for like Fox shit, News. shitting as well? Like <laughs> Why not? Why not? Sure. Um, so 
So then I dug a little deeper and I found there was a study on the uh, National Institutes of Health website that was based on a survey of about 2,000 patients, 155 of whom met the criteria of heavy marijuana usage, which was more than 20 days per month of smoking marijuana. And of those 100 of those 155, 32% had experienced at some point cannabinoid hyperemesis. So that's like 50 people. And then they extrapolate that out into the American population out of these 50 right. people. So and they say that 20 so, million people are scrumming so, yeah, so, daily. <laughs> so there's 2.75 million people scrumming. This is truly absurd. Join the millions. Join the, it's, a, it's a movement. Join the scrumming movement. It's not a, it's not a moment it's a movement so at the very least i would say more research needs to be done on scrumming particularly on the screaming element i need to know more about that i want and audio so, i want audio proof of this i want to see someone scrumming. i need to see someone in the throes of a scrumming attack this could be like a, mu- a musical scrumming the musical we already had matt gates the musical what if matt gates was scrumming he must be a total probably, stoner if, he's a total if, stoner if someone is scrumming it is Matt Gates. So nope to scrumming and nope okay. to Alex Berenson. I hate you. And thank God for Josh, who I met right after thank I dated that Josh. abomination. Alex they could Berenson. not be more different. I only Horrible. met you. A, I only met you a few times, but I hate you too. I hate you too. <laughs> You're horrible. You're horrible. The worst. You are not invited to be a guest on this podcast. And we say that no, to not, very, not very now, few not people. <laughs> very few people are banned from this podcast. We'll take anyone. But but you. Okay, shut it I'll down. I'll do anything for love, but I won't, I won't do, do that. that. Okay. Okay. Shut it down. This is uh that's the end of the nopes, right? This was that's uh, the end of the nose. Fast wow, that, that that took a lot out of me. That was confessional. Are you okay? Was, Are you okay, I'm okay. To be up? Okay, good. I'm okay. Uh, I'm let's okay. move on to the upsy, the little beacons of light, the little rays of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, just push through, push through. Like, okay. Right. Yep. So <laughs> it's it's been it's been a night. So um, I will say, Hard Eight, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, is my up this week. Um, this was. I had never seen it for some reason. I've seen all his other films. Um, It was his first feature from 1996, and it's truly extraordinary. It features a very young John C. Riley and Gwyneth Paltrow, as well as Philip Baker Hall, who is just fantastic. And if you haven't seen it, it's on the Criterion channel. It's part of a curated collection of movies about gambling that have been all really good. Like that Robert Altman movie that I yelped a few weeks ago <laughs> called California Split. That was part of this collection and we watched The Gambler and I love movies about gamblers. It sounds, like I, would, it sounds like I would hate, hate this movie also. No, do not buy me a subscription for my birthday. Do not buy me a subscription to the Criterion Collection Gamblers module. At least I'll remember your birthday. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. I, I have one okay. yup, and I'm going to replace it with another. My my first yup was going to be to Walter Mondale, who died this week at age 93. Arguably not the not part of the greatest administration with Jimmy Carter, but probably one of the greatest vice presidents we've had. He was the first one who really like made vice president a meaty job. 
you know, really advising the president being in the room when it happens. Um, Al Gore good said person. That, yeah, Al Gore good? said that like a liberal. He picked uh, Geraldine Ferraro in the in the. Wait, you have a story about this. You mentioned. Can you <laughs> yes. tell the Walter Mondale story? <laughs> yes. So there was. I was in. I guess I was in like first grade or second grade when um when it was the 1984 election. And um, we had a elementary school vote and the entire school <laughs> voted for Walter Mondale. So I was like, oh, of course he's going to win this election in a landslide. And when uh, when <laughs> Ronald Reagan won in a landslide, it was the first time that I realized that I might be living <laughs> in a Rosalind in a, bubble, a, in a Rosalind <laughs> bubble that uh, is very different from the rest of the world. I think that was the majority, the majority of the votes he received were from Rosalind, Rosalind elementary, elementary first school. Class, first grade straw poll. Okay. It was a moment, yeah. <laughs> However, if possible, our greatest vice president, Walter Mondale's death, was superseded by another death that happened just yesterday. It was one of our uh, our nation's greatest pop music songwriters who wrote some of the most indelible hits. And you know, this is my thing. I like to, yeah. not just the artists, but I'd like to know who the songwriters were. Um, the guy's name is Jim Steinman. And do you know what song he wrote? Um, I've heard of his name before. He's written a lot of songs like Mariah Carey. I would do anything for oh. love, but oh, I wow. won't do that, which was wow. unsolicited. You mentioned it earlier. We, wow. we, we mentioned it uh, a few weeks ago on the podcast. They're making a reality show based on that song. He also did Total Eclipse of the Heart. And if you listen oh, yeah. to the two songs like next to each other, they're very, very similar. He wrote like, like he's all, known for ballads, right? Well, all like, those big over the top bombastic like Celine Dion songs and air supply songs and like right. he's one of those people when you hear a song that kind of sounds like that of course it's Jim Steinman so um he was one of my there was actually a whole podcast I, I always mention this podcast hit parade with Chris Melanthi on the Slate Network um and he did a whole episode just on Jim Steinman like a an hour and a half episode on him so uh super interesting guy and uh now he's gone um, yep to him and nope. sorry he uh edged you out Walter Mondale <laughs> <laughs> Another indignity to the Carter administration. <laughs> right. He lost again. He kept, <laughs> couldn't win. Okay, that's uh, that's the end of our podcast. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. Tell a friend in real life, right, Rachel? Like we need to all your friends. People. Tell everyone, them you must everyone listen. Everyone who listens to this loves it, and then everyone's like, "Do you know any good podcasts I should try?" Yes, try Nope. This, try, nope. try this. You could do other things <laughs> while you're listening to it. You could be swiffering or you're, vacuuming. Wait, just, or... That's just an ad for podcasts as a concept. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just listen to our podcast. Multitask. Okay. Absolutely. And also, we should be, we're should be. we going to start mentoring our Twitter handles. It's at Brian Heck, at Rachel D. Please tweet us your story ideas, feedback, etc. All feedback. Nice. Yeah, hopefully All it's feedback. nice. Yeah, hopefully it's yeah. nice. Five-star reviews. Okay, thanks for listening. This has been a terrible, terrible week, but a lot of fun to record this podcast. This has been Nope. A podcast where we shut it down. Mm-hmm.